This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to the iFanboy Pixel League Podcast, episode 364, brought to you by Comic Swap and iFanboy listeners like you.
Welcome to the Night Fanboy Pick of the Week Podcast. It's episode 364. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and I'm here with Ron Richards. Hey, Connor. You're looking good. Thank you. Yeah. And Josh Flanagan. Okay. See, what's happening here, people at home, <laughs> is that they're in a room with each other. And so... Well, that makes, it sound, that makes it sound weird, all right? <laughs> well, you know, you said that. I'm not... I'm we, not we, do have, we do have an E Street Band thing going with the one microphone. Yeah, we do, yeah. It just... <laughs> I, I'm I'm a little intimidated. I think that I'm going to say things, and then you guys are going to you're going to look at each other and just just give that look. Like we're oh. going to make notes. There's yep. a lot yeah. of eye rolling. A lot of eye oh, yeah. rolling. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and so. I, whatever. I see. This is the way of the future. It's fine. It's better if you just don't think about it. Yeah. You don't want to get inside your head too much. <laughs> we are at fanboy.com. We like comics. We read comics, and every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the best one, writes about it on the website. We talk about it in this podcast, along with the other books of the week and other comic book topics of interest, including emails and voicemails and all kinds of audience participation, including they they they, they yell uh, things for us to improv, and we improv it. Yes. So you you ordered a pizza? Yeah. Oh, uh, I only have four dollars. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, uh, so, the, so that's, uh, that's that was the worst improv I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> well, I was gonna. He didn't. He didn't respond, so I had nowhere to go. So the, uh, the yeah, this is a review show. So if you haven't read your books yet, please pause and show and come back. Because otherwise, you'll be bringing angst into the new year. No one wants that. Everybody wants a clean slate and happy 2013, right? Listen to this guy. Exactly. So, Ron, for the last time, 2012, you have to pick. All right. Let's do it one more time. time. Um, So uh, one of the rare cases of me uh, kind of agreeing with the majority of the populace. Populist run. Yeah. um, Avengers number one was my pick of the week. Uh, The Marvel Now launch title uh, from Marvel Comics written by Jonathan Hickman, drawn by Jerome Opeña, art by uh, color by Dean White. Mm. Um, And yeah, this is a case we're going to get to in a little bit where we go over what everybody's pick of the week uh, choices on the iFanboy community were. But this is the overwhelming number one pick of the week across the whole community. Um, and honestly, it's a pretty it's a pretty big release, and Hickman and Opeña really delivered on it. Um, I find it really fascinating that here we are, 2012, Avengers number one. You know, after a year of Avengers mania, after what like one point zillion dollars made at the box office on the movie, <sighs> one point zillion, one point zillion, one point zillion. Um, that's a lot of zillions. It's a lot of zillions. Yeah. I hope Bleeding Cool reports that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so with so with so many eyes on the Avengers that I really think that it's a it's a telling state of the world of comics that Marvel would turn to Jonathan Hickman and Jerome Pena to launch this book. Um, you know, I talked about it a little bit in the review. I think um, in the review on iFanboy.com, we've seen a lot of, you know, kind of changing of the guards and a lot of, you know, like kind of uh, following acts. Um, you know, last year we saw Mark Wade, you know, take Daredevil out of the darkness that Bendis established, you know, nearly 10 years ago right. and bring him into the light, even though many, many writers were in between Bendis and Wade, you know, uh, many. By many? Well, Brubaker, Diggle. Was that it? Yeah. All right. Two writers. Anyway, um, Shadowland. Let's not forget I, that. I, um, <laughs> I did. I forgot it completely. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading a comic the other day, and it was Kingpin, and it's like, meanwhile, in Shadowland. And I'm like, it still exists. It's still there. <laughs> That's awful. Um, but anyway, uh, so we saw you know Mark Wade bring Daredevil into a more lighthearted, a different kind of uh, approach. Um, we talked a little bit about it, like, was it last week or two weeks ago, about Rick Remender and his, the relaunch of Captain America, how after eight years of Ed Brubaker, you know, Remender had to take a, is taking a more sci-fi fantasy turn because Brubaker did the espionage thing so well. And, yep. you know, and so here we are with Jonathan Hickman kind of following Brian Michael Bendis's, you know, which honestly deserves the term epic run. Yeah. Um, eight, eight, 
Eight years. plus years, two hundred and sixty plus some odd issues, depending if you count double issues or not. Um, it was a run that that gave Marvel focus. Yeah, it became a, an Avengers world that we all led. And it was living. it was almost yeah, it was almost like a time. I was gonna say it's almost a time a timeline or a timing um, defining moment was Bendis's run. I mean, he kind of laid the groundwork for what the Marvel universe was, and then the movies have picked it up and taken it from there. More, I think, honestly, it turns out to be more so. I think than the Ultimates and the Ultimate line, like we originally thought. You yeah, know, like, yeah, like we always say, these are the Ultimate movies and stuff like that. But I think Avengers really, anyway. Well, there's a lot of Ultimates in it, but that's yeah. that's that's a whole other. Not yeah, but there wasn't there wasn't there wasn't any Norman Osborn in the movie. Right, sure. <laughs> whereas a, yeah. whereas Bendis's Avengers comics were yeah. were eighty three percent Norman Osborn. Yeah, that's true. So, so um so but I think it's re- really interesting. Um you know we talk about a lot. We talked about this a lot on, on the podcast and in various stuff that there tends to be cycles in comics and you get a a class of creators come in and they are at the top of the heap and then time goes on and then new creators come up and there's this changing of the guard. And you know we saw that in the early 2000s when folks like Ed Brubaker and Brian Michael Bendis and Greg Rucka and stuff like that kind of came on the scene and and for a while they were kind of the top of the game and then um, you know and while I think Avengers number one is a watershed moment in that vein this is not the beginning of that change of the guard I think that cha- the current change of the guard started about a year and a half two years ago where we started seeing people like Rick Remender and Jonathan Hickman and, and other creators like that Kieran Gillen come up through the ranks. But this is almost like the apex of that moment where one of those new guys gets handed a, a huge title like this. And then to see the type of modern storytelling or the type of different direction that he might give um, following Bendis, I think, speaks volumes. And then to have an artist like Jerome Pena, who honestly 10 years ago, I don't think would be on Avengers. No. I think, you know, not as commercially viable as Marvel would deem it and that sort of thing. Um, you know, and and I think it's really I think it's really special that they've decided to pair Hickman with Opeña. You know, Opeña, who we've seen. I don't think I've seen him work with anybody other than Remender the past couple of years. But I'm um, just thinking yeah. about that. I, yeah. I don't think so. But um, you know, Opeña has a real delicate, kind of elegant, kind of you know, kind of line. And Hickman, if you ask me, Hickman's storytelling is very cerebral, cerebral. But I think it's very, it's equally delicate and elegant in its own way. Well, you could um, easily see a guy like quietly drawing a Frank uh, a Hickman story. And yes, that's the yeah. kind of. Yeah, and it's a similar line. Yeah, between opinion, it's not a similar style, but it's a similar line. Yep. And so now, as Hickman launches Avengers number one, you know, immediately out of the gate, it feels and is different from what Bendis has done. You know, there's there's no sitting around the t- the table talking about it. There are no you know kind snappy of banter snappy jokes. banter. There's no um, you know hints of hints of romance and relationships and things like that. Within the first page, Hickman is introduced to his villain is going to be a brand new character, this guy Ex Nilo, who I think uh, Opeña designed a great character design for. Um, you know, you get a sense of a grander story that's happening that we're going to get introduced to. You get this wonderful Avengers uh, roster chart <laughs> that is, you know b- brings Hickman's little personal touch of graphic design to the title. Um, and you know, this Ex Nilo character, you know, g- gets revealed is on Mars. Is up to shenanigans. The Avengers react. You know, does he and- get a page rate for those? I, that's a good question. I don't know for the for the double title page. I did have. Did I tell you? Guys? I I guarantee you it gets paid straight for those. Yeah, <laughs> you're not going to pay me for that. Well, no. What's funny is that I was at uh, at New York Comic Con. I was at the uh, Image panel where he was announcing East of West with Nick Dragota, and someone asked a question, and they were wearing the T-shirt with the Hydra logo, like the new Hydra logo, and they asked their question, and then Hickman just goes, "Hey, hey, where'd you get that T-shirt?" <laughs> And they're like, "Oh, at a, at a dealer or whatever." And it's like it's Hydra, and, he, and Jonathan goes, "Yeah, no, I designed that logo." 
And like everyone laughed. Then he goes, I didn't get any money for it. And then everyone laughed again. <laughs> and then he just stared at them. Yeah, exactly. pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's how Hickman rolls. But, um, you know, in, in this, you know, it's interesting. You know, it's a very, uh, this Avengers is very movie movieified. Um, it, it, when the book starts and the instant reaction to what's going on in Mars is the, is the movie lineup. You know, it's Cap, Hawkeye, Black Widow, Thor, Hulk, Iron Man. Um, but what then is interesting is that Hickman then takes it and basically has this villain beat them and send Captain America back with his tail between his legs. And then Cap has to initiate what we get a sense of in the beginning of the story where him and Tony decide to make the Avengers go bigger. And he heeds the call and calls in 12 new Avengers, ranging from people who have been in the Avengers like Falcon and Wolverine and Spider-Man, but new characters like Cannonball and Sunspot and Hyperion and, and you know, and, um, and Eden, Eden Fisi from, um, uh, from uh, Secret Avengers. Uh, no, Secret Warriors. That's, that's Hyperion, um, right? The guy. That's, that's Hyperion, yeah. Correct. How does he bend over? In with the that giant bodice, metal with bodice? That bodice? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Um, but I, what I thought was really interesting was like even down to the rallying call, like uh, Brian, ben, Brian Michael Bendis loved to use Avengers Assemble. I mean, like you've had a nickel for every time they said Avengers Assemble during Bendis' run. Right. Um, Hickman, when he does it, is not so much Avengers Assemble, but rather, you know, Cap puts out the call, dons his new uniform, which is very similar to the movie uniform, <laughs> and, and just subtly says, Assemble at Dawn. Yeah. And it's this great kind of rallying kind of moment. We get this great splash page by a Pena that just looks beautiful. Um, and I'm ready to go for this run. I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. Well, everything about this issue screams this is a new era. From the, from the different kind of storytelling where Bendis was very personal and very focused on character, this is very plot-driven. But if, to the starting with the small Avengers movie team and having that team getting blown up yeah. in favor of this new big team, to Cap putting on a new uniform, everything about it signals this is a new era in Avengers. And, and you may or may not like that, but this is so – it was eight years of Bendis. And we, I, loved eight, I loved eight years of Bendis, but also – you know, it's also time for a change. After, yeah. You know, every every run ends, and you yeah. want something new. So, um, yeah. So I loved it. I'm on board. Uh, Josh, what, what did what did you think of it? The the dissenting opinion. Whoa! Why do you think it's dissenting? Because <laughs> you you know we, we we both Ron and I loved Fantastic Four, and, and you tried it didn't love it, and I think you just you're you're you know we we. That's I fine. thought it was fine. <laughs> it was fine. Yeah. Like I I I like I like Hickman's work. Uh, I'm enjoying. Uh, the Manhattan products projects very much. I've dipped in and out of the Fantastic Four. He, I think he's very, very good. I think there's, I, have, I would have no faults with it other than it doesn't necessarily speak to me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, now, and I also dropped off uh, Bendis's run, but that's just because I'd been reading it forever. Yeah. Um, I just, I feel like it's a little bit antiseptic and it's a little bit. It is, you know it, is a, it is a colder it is a colder approach. Yeah. It isn't I, I would say Bendis has a very warm approach and Hickman does have a very cold approach. Yeah, and, and that to me specifically uh turns me off a little bit. Um Opeña is amazing and and uh wonderful and and I feel very good that uh, we called that a long time ago. A long time ago. Uh, the very yeah. first time we had we had a post or a post about um he had some Wolverine pages on a one shot he did and I was like this is your next superstar right here and yeah. I and I still think that that's that's going to be, you know, be the case. If not now, then soon. His showcase pa- panels were just great. The, the the shot of the team running with the on, on yeah. Mars with the Hulk leading the way, and then the shot of the close up of Thor spinning the hammer, and then even the, the last page splash page are just there. They're yeah. just so beautiful. Yeah. So I, you know, I like I'd actually read your I'd seen your review before uh, before I'd read it. So I was like I was like I wonder if I'm going to like this as much as Ron does because you know we like different things sometimes. Yeah. And it was it was fine. I didn't I didn't not like it, but I didn't I didn't love it. I had more fun with Uncanny Avengers. It's definitely a different tone. It's it's an epic scope t- 
tone. Yeah. Whereas even even Uncanny Avengers is is way more character driven. And I th- I know, I'm sure the plot will kick in on that too, because Remender does big plots too. But Hickman's all about telling grand stories. Well, yeah, and and you get the sense, you know, the the two page title page says what, what calls it what Avengers World, right? Um, and we will find it. Eventually. Yeah, we're turning to that page just to confirm. And that heart, yeah, Avengers World, and that harkens to what I think is going to be the theme of Hickman's run is that there's a scene right before it where Cap and Tony are talking, and Tony's reminiscing from when they thawed Cap from the ice, and said so that when Cap, you know, got thawed from the ice, and they saw what they're doing, the Avengers said that we have to get bigger. And, you know, and you get that sense of it. And then especially at that end with that rallying call where we see the Hickman laid out roster grid of logos. And, you know, like in addition to the initial um, into the initial uh, six uh, Avengers, core Avengers, they're adding, you know, 12 more characters and there's slots that bring it up to 24. You know, so this is going to be a much bigger, grander scope. So do I they think. all get their own team? Is that what's going on? Here? I think yeah. The, the the grid is really interesting because it's like because because the logos are you know there's the core six and then then additional logos branch off of some of them, not all of them. Um, pretty much everyone except the Hulk and, and Black Widow have a sub team. And then I was trying to figure out what the the relationship between the sub teams are. But if you look at the sub team of Captain America is Spider Woman, Captain uh, Captain Marvel, Falcon, and Shang Chi. I thought that was Snake Eyes. Uh, yeah, it looks like Snake Eyes. Um, you know, and with Falcon and Captain Marvel, and even with Spider Woman, you get these are military people. You know, these are you know these you know you know I don't know how Shang Chi fits into that, but um, you know these are people who you know are of the same military ilk. Then off of Thor, you have Hyperion, Captain Universe, and Smasher, which are like god level. You know, yeah. like big guns. You know, then under Iron Man, you've got Wolverine, Spider Man, Cannonball, and Sunspot, which is like. I don't know. <laughs> you know, and then off of Hawkeye, you've got Eden Feci, which I don't understand, you know. So it's, it's, it's strange. But uh, I can't wait to find out. I love these charts. He can do these charts all the time. So. I, I, I loved it. Um, I didn't love it quite as much as Ron, but I, I did quite love it. I, lo- I just love the change of t- tone and everything. I yeah. like that, that we're getting new stuff and yeah. we're getting different kinds of Avenger stories. Again, I love those better stories, but... You know, I want to read different kind of Avenger stories, and this yeah. is definitely a, a grander epic. Maybe there's some kind of Avenger story you don't maybe, even know. Maybe maybe it's a new kind I've never heard of. That I know <laughs> nothing about. <laughs> the joke will never get old. <laughs> so, um, so a runner-up to pick of the week, at least for me, was the um, was Stumptown number four, volume two, number four, and uh, we might have to take a little trip down memory lane for this one. Okay. Uh, do you guys remember in 2008? Was it interviewing Greg Rucka and Matthew Southworth? Yes, about I, I do. And do you I remember them talking about an issue that would be completely a car chase? Yes. Jesus. Yeah, you're yep. right. Wow. Yeah. Well, th- that moment happened in this issue. Almost. Yeah. Almost. That was that was great. Well, the gimmick in this issue, if you haven't read it, is and this is the fourth issue of this case where the uh, the rock star's guitar has been stolen, and she's trying to uh, the Dex, the main character, trying to find it. Uh, she runs into a bunch of neo Nazis. Are two of them, and they have a fight, and a car chase ensues, and you have to rotate as if you're driving a car. Uh, rotate into the car chase, where then the car chase becomes horizontal across the page. And then when you get out of the car chase, you rotate back out, and then they get into another car chase, you rotate back in. Yep. You kind of, it's, it's kind of that, like, like the Batman spinning issue from last earlier in the year, yep. uh, where you have to actually physically interact with the story, which was cool. Now, I, I thought the... I, 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 I thought the interacting the, the rotation was pretty cool. Um, I thought some of the early pages were a little rough on the art side, mm-hmm. but then we got into the car chase, yeah. and the moment that they started, he uh, Southworth started integrating the odometer into the layout. I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" Yeah, no, this from is, from a yeah. storytelling standpoint, I cannot think of a better car chase. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Just from from the from the from the idea of like you knew where they were going, you could feel the motion, you could feel the speed, you can feel the tension ratcheting up. Yeah. 
and and you know the indicator was you know when the book's on its side you're moving in the car yep when it's and, when it's upright you're not and, and even e- even using the little uh the, not the gimmick but the little uh, thing that, like, that jock has done what we've noticed is like you know c- curving the lens a yeah. little yeah you know yeah. that idea of that curve the fish eye. um you know and and the, we're looking at the pages where the car's jumping over the bridge and being able not being afraid to go to a double page spread for something as simple as the car jumping over the bridge span yeah. Um, is great I, as a as a Mustang f- aficionado and fan. The, when it landed, I, I I I went oh, and I know it's a drawn car, but it's like oh, it's like <laughs> like that's that's what I did at Skyfall, except that was a real car. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, I, you know, it's well, cool it's like, that's that, like when when in Iron Man, remember in Iron Man, Iron Man two, I think when he falls through the ceiling and lands on a Cobra car. Classic. Yeah. My dad's buddy built that the body of that car, <laughs> and even though it's a replica, you still go, oh no, not a Cobra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was saying about the DB five. Yeah. Like, um, but uh, no, absolutely. I I just I was I was I was so at first I was like I got to turn the page on it, and then I was I was just more and more happy with it. And one of the things that was sort of the happy accident of it is that that Mustang has. Uh, has that cool uh, sort of horizontal speedometer as opposed yes. to a dial, yep. which makes it work so much better. Yeah, yep. you can sort of stretch it out and, and use it, you know, on the page lengthwise. Yeah, very cool. It was great. It was really, really good. Um, this this story continues to be the strongest. Well, this one been two, but the best one easily. <laughs> yeah, no, well, the this... la- the, and the last one won an Eisner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this is the first time I noticed there's a deer in the P on the title. Oh, you never noticed that? No, I don't oh. often stare at the title long enough to notice that there's. Oh, a... oh well, I look at little things like that. You know, oh. is that a is that a Portland thing? I think that's a Portland thing. Is the deer insufferable? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> all right. So, moving on from Stumptown, back into Marvel now. The only number one issue that came from Marvel now this week was Thunderbolts number one, um, uh, written by Daniel Way with art by Steve. You're Dillon. on your own here, buddy. Uh, Josh, did you sample this or? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, whereas X-Men Legacy was a little puzzling and a little, you know, like we kind of talked about it, but it wasn't inherently bad. Thunderbolts was, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it was the most like, I can't drop this faster or harder. Um, I did. I just didn't yeah. get it. Yeah. But in terms of like, is any, is anyone reading Marvel comics that's reading this? Like it was like, and don't get me wrong, Steve Dillon, I love Steve Dillon and it's just very much Steve Dillon and it's very much, you know, like him drawing Punisher the way he draws Punisher and as he will. Well, I'll and, do the work. Yeah. What? <laughs> and that sort of thing. But, you know, the premise is that uh, Red Hulk or General Ross is pulling together a team and recruits the Punisher, Deadpool, Elektra, um, and Venom to be on this team. And there's no rhyme or reason why. You don't get a sense why is the Red Hulk doing it. Last I checked, the Red Hulk was working with the Avengers and stuff like that. Why is he going rogue like this? No acknowledgement of what Greg Rucker just did in the Punisher. Punisher, his eye is fine. No beard. Yeah. You know, no con- no attention to continuity. Not that there should be, but, like, just no it, – it didn't – it had anything resembling what's been going on with any of these characters. Is Tom DeFalco the editor-in-chief of this issue? I wouldn't be surprised. Um, because... This was this was just shit. And I get the I get the idea. We'll get these awesome badass characters who you know who kill and stuff like that, and to be the Thunderbolts team. It's and Thunderbolts Red Hulk makes perfect sense. Let him lead the Thunderbolts. He's General Thunderbolt Ross, right? Which DC editor came up with this book? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. <laughs> that goes that ties into the DeFalco theory. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, yeah I, I knew I didn't. I like like Josh. I didn't need to. Yeah. Have my fears assuaged? It was. It, it was just shit. It was the first. It was the first Marvel Now book where I'm like, screw <laughs> this, I'm out. So there's an you know what there's an audience for this though. Yeah, like yeah. those people got that book. 
It's not like Danway wasn't selling Deadpool books for a real long time. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, Deadpool's in this too. Did I mention Deadpool? Yeah, of course Deadpool's in there, so. <laughs> Anyway, so, uh, so Josh, I'm guessing your pick of the week is probably the next book. Uh, you are referring to Hellboy and Hell Number 1. Uh, significant because Hellboy's been dead for a good while. I'm going to say a year or two since we've seen him. He's been in hell. Yeah, well, not yet. Oh. No. I this this, is, this takes up right off where, where it goes before. He's on the way to hell. Okay. Te- technically, this book is a lie. <laughs> uh, and, and Mike Mignola uh, wrote and drew this one. We haven't seen him drawing it for a while. Um, it was a Hellboy book. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, really? I'll be honest. It was a bit of a letdown. Wow. In that, in that Ron's I, eyes almost popped out of his head. I'm blown yeah. away. See, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. No, no, in a good like he he's <laughs> genuinely shocked by this news. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, you know, it it I don't maybe I'd expected m- too much, but sometimes Hellboy can get a little esoteric and I, I you know, Mignola doesn't give you a ton. Sometimes you've got to you've got to follow along and hope you pick up and usually you do. But it was just like it didn't blow me away. It was just fine. But he wasn't he wasn't interacting with anybody who I cared about, and he's just. Well, you don't know, you care about Hellboy? Or not? A little, but like it was just very it was very vague. He's in like a dark space, and there's a big guy with a hammer chasing him. There just wasn't much to it. Uh, and and uh, you know maybe it's been such a long time that I don't remember who the other sort of character or following him around is. But um, I don't know. It was fine. I, I got to say, I, you know, I enjoy the character interactions that have been going on in, in BPRD a lot more than this. Um, recently saw the, the sales on BPRD recently, and I, I, was, I was terrified. Uh, just, <laughs> just, just to note. Um, then you noted who they're being published by, and you were doubly terrified. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, listen, this, exactly. this, listen, this is all we got. <laughs> I, I mean, I got to say, like, I love Mignola. I love what he's set up. But, you know. He 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 takes some shortcuts. I feel like you've always been more of a BPRD guy than Hellboy, anyway. Yeah, no, I I think so too. I really like those characters, but I'm like I'm looking at two pages here randomly, and and there's the character, and he's sort of a there was like a a Christmas Carol in the middle of this. Jesus. I'm not kidding, and I don't know why. <laughs> I don't, and I'm not saying that it's very it's it's not possible that I missed something because I I definitely could have because you're reading a lot of books. There's people bugging you. But I, like I was like, all right, I read that. That was the thing. But if you look at these pages with with this Jacob Marley ghost, I don't know why he was there again. Um, like every, there's just a bunch of panels, and every one of them, he's exactly. It's the exact same two shot of him. How is the art? That's what I'm describing. No, I don't like, mean the overall though, not just the, not just that <laughs> just, scene. It, just, but. it looks exactly like like Mike Mignola, but it, it was kind of boring. Do you think he's rusty? I don't think he's rusty. I think that he doesn't have to draw that much. Yeah. So then, if you don't have to draw that much, you have two choices when you come back. You can either go, "Well, I'm just going to do what I do," or I'm going to really try to blow it all out. And I think he just did what he does. Yeah. And it's one of those things. Like it's it's one thing. Like I, you know, I like the aesthetic of a of a Mignola cover. It tells me what I can expect inside, which is sort of a mark of quality. But really, most Mignola covers look exactly the same, and I can't tell one from the other. Yeah. Um, Interesting. He, I mean, you know, and he he does the thing really well. I was going through it in terms of storytelling. Um, he does a lot of. It's been a thing lately. It's been bugging me. His panel stacking on the left. Who you, <laughs> you gave Hardman? No, seriously. <laughs> if, you, if, you sta- if you look at a page and you stack panels on the left, which means you have two panels on top of each other, and then to the right of them a bigger panel. Yeah. What's the correct way to read those? Wait. Do it again. 
you have two panels on the left that are on top of each other, uh, on top of each other. Okay. And then to the right, you have a panel that is the same height as those two panels. What's the correct way to read? Left, those? left, right. Left, left, right. Right, but that goes against how you're supposed to read comics. But no, left, left, right. No, it's not. We just both guessed it. You're supposed to go to the right, and then, but then you've got to go back right. It just It's not right. You can panel stack. My point is you can panel stack on the right but not the left usually. It works really well if you do it that way, but the other way can get confusing because the eye is continually trying to go right. Anyway. Yeah, I, I, I follow you with that. I follow you with that. Okay, I see what you mean. Okay. That's My fine. point is he has panel stacks all over the place, and he never makes that mistake because he's a fucking master. Right. Like his pages are actually relatively complicated in terms of layouts, even though they're just – you know grids they're not you know they're not crazy shaped panels but like he he actually he keeps control of that really well uh, in a space that's very sort of ambiguous and strange so that part i was really appreciating uh but overall i just didn't really get into the story all right well we know often that marvel and dc will look at what the other one's doing and they'll copy each other that happens all the time yep clearly what marvel did was they looked at the 52 series from four years ago and said we need our own weekly book yeah, apparently. And they decided that weekly book would be all new X-Men because for two weeks in a row and three weeks out of five, yeah, three out of five. we've had an issue of, un- of all new X-Men. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. I just yeah. wonder how long until Stuart Eminem's arm falls off. Well, I, I, from what Bendis tweeted that the, the book is not going to keep this pace. Obviously, yeah. yeah. And, right. I, and I don't know why there's and, – and the thing is that like this is the – I mean it's Bendis. It's a, we know it's a slow burn. It's a slow start. Um, it's almost I th- like you get a little mini trade in this first. Almost, month. yeah. I mean, so so this issue, this whole issue of all new X Men, mainly, f- and this almost acts like a point. This could have been a point one before Uncanny, to be honest with you, because it, it sets the stage yeah. for what Cyclops and Magneto are all doing. Um, what's going to be happening on Canny X Men? Um, and you know, and it, it's it's got Cyclops and Magneto busting out Emma Frost, and then them trying to recruit a new mutant, and then only to be stopped by their Cyclops's younger self and the younger team, and that's when it it ends. Um, th- on an issue basis, this it's you know I don't want to bring back up decompression and things like that, but it's just like this is really slow going, yeah. but I'm enjoying it. Except for one thing. Which is? Um, there was some chatter online and people were bitching and Bendis responded to it on Twitter about Bendis's, uh characterization of Emma Frost. Right. And people say, claiming that Bendis can't, you know, didn't write Emma Frost correctly and Bendis defending it. Right. And basically Bendis said, you know, you get thrown in prison after your, after your ex you know, did all the stuff with the Phoenix Force, you'd be angry. Yeah. Except he got it wrong. Because Emma Frost is high society. Emma Frost is British, British schooled and trained and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, but she's also a Boston girl at heart. Right. Really? So Emma Frost says, I'm thinking with an apostrophe. She's a Boston maybe. girl. I appreciate the bust out fellas, but no, she's high class. She's first class. She, well, does, she's, not, she's she does not say, I appreciate the bust she, out she's fellas. She's high class in the way that Madonna is British. In that uh, underneath, mm. underneath all that, there's still the girl from Boston and, and Emma Frost's case, and there's still the girl from wherever the hell Madonna's uh, from. In I Madonna's feel like case. people from Boston should be vaguely insulted by this conversation. No, I don't think <laughs> at all. I think I think if, I think that she's the, the British veneer she puts on is fake. Is what my point is. That's that's it's, it's fake the way Madonna's is fake. Yeah. Mm. So in the under, underneath that all, there's someone what? else. Yeah. Yeah, she's not British, Josh. Madonna is not from Britain. <laughs> um, so. So I think I can see his point, and I may not agree with it, but I can see yeah. where he at least came from in that sense. Maybe she reverted back well, to her pre, her pre she's foe because she's been in prison. Because she was, they've all changed. They've yeah. all changed from the Phoenix Force. Yeah, I don't uh, know. We'll see how it goes, but I, I could see those complaints. But I can also see why not. Now, uh, I missed the Deadpool two discussion. I might have been when I was Did away. We, I don't think we talked. Or maybe about we it. didn't talk about I don't it. Think but so. yeah. No. Uh, Deadpool three came out. I love this story. It's great. It's I have no desire to continue on after the p- presidents go away. But if they stayed around forever, so would I. 
Yeah. Uh, Seriously, I the book the should cheap, be less about Deadpool and more about the president. I love the cheap jokes. I love the, the yep. gags. I love Nixon attacking the Watergate Hotel. I love yep. the, the John Quincy Adams and John Adams bickering. That I was love, great. <laughs> I love Ford tripping into the propeller. I love every dumb, easy presidential joke. I love them. Bring, them, bring more. Yep, totally agreed. This could go on for 24 issues, as far as I'm concerned. And Tony Moore's art only makes it that much better. Yep, good uh, stuff. Josh, are you still reading this? Yeah, yeah, I agree with what you said. Yeah, it's fantastic. I, I, I don't actually have a hell of a lot to add to it. Yeah, no, it's, 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 I love, I love old Randy Ben Franklin who, who wants to, still chases every And what, I can. love the callback with Dr. Strange going, oh, and don't think I'm still upset about you stealing my girlfriend, which actually happened in the 70s when Ben Franklin slept with Clea. Yeah. <laughs> I got that spoiled for me by being on a, by being on a press call. Oh, I'm sorry. But, it's okay. I don't really care. But uh, it's just wonderful. Yeah, it's 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 wonderful. It takes a different different sort of group of presidents every issue, and it's it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's so good. So, happy. so all right, cool. We want to thank our sponsor th- this week's episode of My Fanboy. We want to th- uh, thank Comic Swap for sponsoring this episode. Uh, Comic Swap is a new website that is a comic book marketplace. It's not like one of the big auction sites like eBay or the other things. It's a comic specific platform, and they've got the lowest fees in the industry. Um, the guys doing the site are fans like you and me. They didn't create this to make money, which I might want to question that business plan. But so they say they didn't create it to make money. They just created it because they were looking for a service that they could use where they could easily um, buy, sell, and trade comics. Um, so like I mentioned, that you can buy your comics, you can sell them there, but you can also swap comics with other, uh, with other fans for totally for free. Um, you can list a want ad of comics you're looking for, and if um, people have it, they'll send you offers, and you can either work out to buy it or you can work out to swap them. Um, so it's a brand new site, so they're looking for new users. You know, really, this this kind of site will only work if people are using it. So go check it out. Um, they set up a page for iFanboy folks. So go to comicswap.com/iFanboy, and they'll welcome you with open arms. Do you remember a few years ago, um, some of the users on iFanboy were looking for us to create a page like that where they yep. could trade trades? Yep. And we we just didn't have time. Now yep. here's your place. Go to comicswap.com/iFanboy. You can trade trades with other people from that fan base. Could be. Um, so yeah, so uh, moving on to the books. Uh, one book that, that we talked about early on when it launched, and we haven't really kind of revisited, but I want to take a moment uh, because I was interested by the artist change on this issue was um, Earth Two issue number seven. Uh, looks like Nicola Scott takes a takes well, she's a been month taking off. periodic breaks. Yeah, taking a little break, and uh, Yildre Sinar um, came on. Who he's great, he's great. Yeah. Really he's good. so good, and they have not given him a platform. Yep, agreed. With agreed. which to be so good. If they wanted to swap him and Nicola and Arcs on this, I would have no complaints. They should do that. Yeah, yeah and I'm loving this book. This is the best issue, I thought, uh, because we were, we're past the initial storyline. Yep. Uh, the, the, I think the downfall of the first arc, which I enjoyed, was that it was really similar to what's happening in Animal Man and Swamp Thing. So you had a yeah. lot of that going on, yeah. especially when they all come out the same week. Yeah. Um, but now that we're up to the we're a new arc, new story, we're getting a sense now that this is going to be a big team. Yep. We have introduction of Sandman. We have an introduction of Red Tornado. Yep. We have an, we have uh, hints of some other characters that are around. We have Mister Terrific shows up. Yeah. So we have a sense how this is going to go large. Well, and what I what I really like about it is while it's the it's the new kind of you know new imagining of characters we know whether it's Hawk Girl or Green Lantern or whatever. But I'm fascinated by this world that Robinson has created and this idea of the world army yep. and like whatever whatever he's something is bubbling underneath. Yeah. And I think it's going to be unlike anything that we're reading at DC or at any other company. So I'm interested to see where it goes. And I really like the Alan Scott characterization. It's not the yeah. traditional Alan Scott, and it's also not the saintly gay character, which happens a lot in, in yep. media. It's a guy who's gay but also has an edge. He's got a yeah. temper. Yeah. He's kind of a dick. It's like most, it's, most gay people I know. And, no, I'm just kidding. And I'm in that kidding. sense, he's, <laughs> and that's, <laughs> remember last week we talked about ronandifanboy.com? Yeah. <laughs> that's what you said, Dreamo. 
kidding, um, I'm kidding. Uh, in that sense, he's really interesting, and he's actually a really interesting, well-rounded character. So I really, I thought Earth Two Seven was was the best one yep, so far. Agreed. So, um, so with Fury Max number seven, I was curious what you guys, what your reaction was. For some reason, I didn't look at the cover when I started Neither reading. Neither did Josh. Me neither. Me, oh, yeah. And so when it happened, I was, yeah. I went, whoa. Yeah. And here's the thing. Yeah. That, you know, if I'm reading a regular old Marvel comic and they're like, and there's the Punisher. People are like, oh, and I was like, oh, come on. We've been through this a million times. Yeah. I was like a giddy schoolgirl. Me too. Yes. <laughs> was, Wait a minute. Is this the is this the Punisher from Born? Yeah, I don't know. With the, the 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 title page when they show the Punisher on the Huey, I all of a sudden heard the helicopter yeah. blades and uh, the dun, 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 yeah. the '60s music, you know, and like it's <laughs> Buffalo Springfield. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I also loved the little open with white-haired uh, Nick oh, Fury who yep. was angry and talking about uh, people complaining about Afghanistan. And they don't yep. know shit about war and. And, uh, and everything that we did wrong in in Vietnam, was he, he he sums up the problems with Vietnam very succinctly. We've talked before about how much of a war scholar Ennis is, and he sums it up pretty strongly in two pages, basically all the problems with the war. Yeah. Uh, but again, this is this is this one of the best book on the stand, book of oh, stand. And you can pick this up and not having read the first six issues. Yeah. It'll be better if you have, but you can do it completely fine. The the characterization of of Frank Castle in this was just a, a ton of fun. Yep. Just you know he, he's the guy who goes and gets done. He doesn't say anything. There's that little scene where they find the kid. Yep. He's like, I don't have an image to kill a kid. Do you? Mm. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tie him up either. Anything. Then they just they just leave him. And I also like I also like how he says how Frank doesn't say anything except when he told me to ditch the carbine. Like some <laughs> some comment about a gun. Like yeah. oh, it was just great. This is great. It's if you great. are a Punisher Max fan, when Ennis wrote it, then you yeah. should pick this up. Now was that a was that a preacher joke when they when they said they asked the first sniper's name was Cassidy? I thought I, that I, too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. It doesn't seem like a thing Ennis would do. Yeah. It was. It, it would surprise me. But, yeah. Anyway, yeah. this is great. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I was afraid that you you were going to be like, oh, we don't want the Punisher, but like it was perfect. Oh. It was but perfect. it wasn't the Punisher. Yeah, or it wasn't no, that Punisher. Yeah, so. yeah. So. Well, it's Ennis's Punisher who was awesome. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And I went and re- I reread the Born oh, probably a couple of years ago. No. But it was great. Um, Action Comics 15 uh, m- might have been my favorite of the, of the run, and it, it it's funny because it sort of reinforced the idea to me that maybe Grant Morrison shouldn't be read in issues. Because of, uh, did you read this run? I did. It's really. I hate. I, I, you know how much I hate Superman. Yeah. I hate Mister Mistleplick even more. Okay. Even well. More. Yeah. Say that name again, Mr. Mixelpick. Okay, um, it's, it's Spitlick. Uh, we, we've complained, or people have complained. We've complained about how this run seems very choppy and it's all over the place and it's jumped around and it's suddenly yep. we're on Mars, suddenly we're not on Mars. Well, this issue it says basically there's a reason for all that storytelling choices yep. and there's that the fact that Superman's being attacked throughout time and there's a there's a imp from the fifth dimension who's been attacking him and that's why everything has been choppy and which and is like- a, which is which makes like I'm not surprised that Morrison would have a solution for it and it's a great solution. It's just 15 issues to get me there. Well, that's what I mean. I feel yeah. like if you read yeah. this as a book, yeah, yeah. If you read Action Comics all at once, it may read completely differently. Yeah. Whereas if you're reading this month to month, yeah. you have a different expectation of a storytelling type which you're not getting here. Yeah. So to me, this was like the pieces all falling in the place issue. It just may be too late. Yeah, that's the concern. But I did really like it. I thought the, the, the you know there's some great moments. In yeah. It. So uh, before Watchmen, Minutemen number five. So one more issue to go. Um, as I was reading this issue, I was thinking about the Minutemen. I was giving them some good thought, and I was thinking about how 
I think my favorite member of the Minutemen is Hooded Justice because yeah. I just love that costume and the noose and it's just so weird. And then by the end of this issue, I was like, I don't like Hooded Justice. <laughs> but they weren't calling him Hooded Justice, I noticed. They are calling him yeah. Justice. Yeah, yeah. Which is weird. Well, maybe it's like a short and like they call Dollar Bill Bill. I guess. Yeah, maybe. But um, I love the name Hooded Justice. Hooded Justice is great. I love the costume design. Yeah. Like I love everything about it. But by the end of it, like, this is getting downright creepy. This, well, this is a great issue too. It yeah. was. Oh. It, it, it's. I still want to know what the hell they saw at the end of the second issue. They keep doing it though. Every issue they end with something shocking, and it's like what's. Oh. And it's going to reveal that it's Hooded Justice that he's the one I doing it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I hope. I, not. I really liked the standalone sort of story in the middle of this. The Japanese. It was thing? just an yeah. adventure. Yeah it, yeah, it it was like an adventure of the, of the Minutemen, and yeah. it's 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 funny if you look at the pages. Um, Reading through it, you didn't really notice it because it it flowed very well. But the pages themselves are actually constructed really interesting. Like the oh yeah, there's a shot of of before they're in the hospital. There's a shot of like the uh, Statue of Liberty that goes throughout uh, six panels uh, in the in that part of the grid, and, and there's just different parts of that. Like just as a piece of graphic design, all the pages are really nice. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna miss this one when it's over. Yeah. Uh, and then two, uh, what I what I found is really interesting is that. A lot of the a lot of the other ones are going in between the cracks of the other Watchmen story. This is going to make us. It feels like this is going to make a significant addition to that yes. larger story. Agreed. Which is bold. Yep. Instead of just being, uh, and I and that makes sense. And if I'm thinking about Darwin and his story, like he, he's not going to just want to do something that that either doesn't or doesn't does or doesn't need to be there. Yeah. I, it's I feel, going to be intrinsic to the story. I feel like the, the next issue, the last issue, has the potential to blow our minds. Or piss us off. Exactly. What yeah. Happens. yeah, which is great. I love those stakes. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. No. Again, I just want to be, I want to be Hollis Mason lounging by the pool in his, in his 60s uh, oh. swimsuit and yep. little shirt. And, oh. I love I like the relationship that they've built with uh, him and Laurie yeah. over the course of the two series. Yeah. yeah. And the, it, like, it makes him an even better guy than you already thought he was. Yep. It made it's, me want to rewatch the opening of the Watchmen movie. I love that opening. That opening is great. Um, yeah. I, th- we were just looking at the title page uh, with Dollar Bill caught in the revolving door, yeah. and I, I just love it's just I mean, that's a beautiful page, like, and it's just hysterical, and I love it. And it's, yeah, so not to Hollis, Ron. Not to Hollis. I know some. He's it, not laughing with you. Some saw it as hilarious. I saw it. What did he say? Not me. I'm not laughing. Yeah. So pardon me for not laughing along. <laughs> yeah. So sure. Anyway. Ugh. Mason just he represents that the attitude of the of the good guy of the greatest generation and uh, yeah. you know hard not to love characters like that. Yep. House of Fun, Josh. House of Fun, uh, also from Dark Horse Comics this week. Uh, it was basically a one shot of a bunch of Evan Dorkin strips. Oh, I saw this. I didn't pick it up, but it's uh, milk and cheese, oh, right? Yeah, there's a couple of milk and cheese strips. There's a couple uh, Eltingville strips. Awesome. Um, but the best part of it were there's there were these pages that were just collections of I think it was three or four. Uh, uh, you know, just single line strips, and yeah. they they like Dorkin, Dorkin like a whole issue of this is about as much as you want, I think. Yeah, because he can be pretty acerbic, but there was a couple of them that had me laughing hysterically, like mm-hmm. like in bed at night. Awesome, like waking up my wife because I was I couldn't not laugh. <laughs> like they were they were that funny, um, and it was just like you know I remember reading that you know the first time I found a milk and cheese. A collection and thinking, I was like, "This is the funniest comic book I've ever read." Yeah. Um, and it was it was a real nice return to that. I feel, uh, I feel like he needs to do more work. I think that this generation needs to know more about Evan Dorkin because he was he like in the '90s he was like a great source for comedy and and yeah. that sarcastic, just kind of in your face kind of humor. The, the only thing that I the only comment that I get is it has not changed at all since then. Yeah, well. like it's really it's it's weird for me to be like, so you're still holding on to that all that rage twenty years later. Yeah. 
Um, so that's all. That's always kind of weird. But it, you know, just outright funny. Uh, it was it was absolutely funny, and funny comics are hard. Yeah. Uh, so if you see this in the store, uh, absolutely pick it up if you've ever liked milk and cheese. Cool. So uh, those are the books that we enjoyed uh, this week. Uh, had a good time reading. Uh, but if you go to ifanboy.com slash comics, you can do your pull list and come back and rate and pick your own pick of the week. And we want to highlight the top five picks uh, across the iFanboy community. And coming in at number five, and just to warn you, everybody, it's going to be one of those weeks. <laughs> uh, coming in at number five was Invincible number 98 um, with, with 1.6% of the pick, picks of the week. Yikes. Um, yeah, number five was 1.6. Um, Invisible 98 was great. They're leading up to big stuff on 100. I enjoyed it. I don't know. Anyway. Um, the Walking Dead crossover issue? Yeah, that's the Walking Dead crossover issue. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, number four was All New X-Men number three with 5.5% of the picks of the week. Um, and this is at the time of recording. This yeah. might change when you listen, but I, probably not by much. <laughs> um, number three was Action Comics number 15 and a strong showing at 5.9%. Um, number two was Hellboy in Hell, number one, with 6.3%. Which Josh hated. Yes. Shocking. I didn't hate it. And That's not what I said. <laughs> I feel like John Kerry. Yeah. And coming in at number one was my pick of the week, Avengers number one, with 69.8% of the picks of the week. It'll be interesting to see if Hickman can maintain that level of Batman superiority. It's a Batman-esque number. Yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah. So right now, Scott Snyder's on top, and it's just anybody else to take him down. So. Yeah, it's up to them. Yep. So... Cool. All right, let's read some user reviews. You can go to fanboy.com slash comics, and you can make your pull list of the weekly books. You can rate and review your books, and if you write a good review and you uh, talk about a book we're not going to talk about in the front part of the show, well, you can get it on this, this part of the show. And Christian Hardy reviewed Shadow Man number two and gave the story a two out of five and the art of four out of five. And the pick week percentage was zero percent, which mm. this week is not saying a lot. Yeah, it's not, it's not saying a lot, yeah. Uh, so Christian Hardy says... After raving about the first issue of this new series, my initial excitement began to wane. With this second issue, I think it's safe to say that as I, it is currently going, this series is not doing it for me. There's nothing in this book that I can't get from any number of supernatural horror adventure books already being published by Dark Horse or IDW. For example, Colder Number 2 from Dark Horse, which also came out this week, was the same price but way better art, expressive pencils, a painterly coloring, painterly coloring style, and a much more creepy and intriguing story. I was hoping that Justin Jordan would bring the same level of over-the-top action and energy to this book as in his Luther Strode series, but he's not. I would describe Patrick Zercher's art as pretty good but not exceptional. So that's a tough review for Shadow oh, for Man. Four out of five. That's a yeah. The, for, that's a pretty high rating for a middling yeah. art. Pretty good, but not exceptional. That's yeah. four. I mean, that's like a three. But, I think. Yeah, yeah. but, but like um, I don't know if the second issue is enough to make that call, though. That's my. I mean, it's two I issues. Know. I haven't read it. I've not. Yeah, I don't know. Valiant. You know. I have all those Valiant books by my bed. Right, the thing is, Ron, Ron, Ron read time. a series. You'll read a series. What two, three, two, three years before you decide whether you're going to drop it or not. What's dropping? <laughs> what is this? What is this? What is this dropping you speak of? <laughs> no, no, I buy and don't like. Right? Yeah, that's all. It is. And then I complain. And then bag them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> spend money to spend money on bags and boards uh, and boxes really? and storage. I'm so units. behind on bagging and boarding, you have no idea. Oh, Just get a garbage bag, man. Yeah. Anyway, all right, Josh, why don't you read the next one? Uh, Ronan A. I, I almost read that as Romita, just because it's next to a, <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man number six ninety nine. Uh, gave the story of five out of five and the art of five out of five. The pick of the week percentage is one point three. At last, the secret to last issue was revealed, and what a shocker it was! Just two more issues till we get the Superior Spider-Man, and my comic-filled brain has no idea what's going to happen. This issue was really great because you were able to see into Doctor Octopus's past. And while I was reading this issue, I could really feel Peter's concern for his loved ones which I had to admit made me just as concerned. The art was, again, fantastic as always, and you could really feel the emotions from the characters. 
It's it, it, slot is he's doing great. I was love it, it. I love it. Was who's the art? Uh, this is Ramos on art. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. I, I was bummed. I was hoping it was still Elson after like the last Ramos. issue. Yeah. I like this but, art. Oh, I love Ramos. I love. I, I liked. Yeah. Yeah. I like this issue a lot better than the last one. When did you uh, start reading Amazing Spider? I started. I made Ron, last. Oh, yep. Ron told me to read the last one, so I did. Oh, and did I, miss I, that? I I liked the concept of it a lot. However, I thought that they 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 stretched twenty pages. You know, five pages story into twenty pages. Okay. And this part was the meat of it. Like, yes. the, like the whole other issue was getting to the last page, which I already knew. Right. So there was no point in reading it. But this one was was uh, a lot more interesting. I, I really will give them the credit. I, I thought it was interesting. Awesome. Are you gonna Are you gonna go through with uh, Superior with Stegman on it? Yeah, until I get bored. Nice. Look at that. We're gonna make a Spider-Man fan out of you yet. Yeah. All right. There you go. So go to ifanboy.com/slash/comics and write your own reviews and get them on the show. You might have noticed on the website this week we've been doing gift guides. There's been one every day. We, we broke it up into segments. Some of them are graphic novel collections and some of them are for kids. Some of them are stuff that is not comics but is like comics. Lots of stuff to buy because holiday shopping is in the air because that is what the American economy needs apparently. <laughs> um, however, uh, if you are buying your stuff from Amazon, we would very, very much appreciate it if you go and check out ifanboy.com slash Amazon. You can click on the links to most of the stuff that we put in those uh, gift guides uh, and you can buy it through there. And that's a, that's a really helpful and, uh, and non-invasive way to help out ifanboy.com and the site. And so we'd very much appreciate if you would, uh, if you would donate, if you would route your clicks through there. That's yes. all that we're asking. It's your, you got to um, shop anyway. It doesn't right? cost you any money, but it costs Amazon yeah. little. Yeah. So I'll stick it to the man. Yeah, exactly. It's right. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, we are just eating both sides of it there. We're just like, yeah, pretty yeah much. that's all of it. So uh, it's ifanboy.com slash Amazon. Um, we would very much appreciate that. This is actually a very important time of the year for us yeah. uh, in, that, in that sense. But also, uh, you know, go out there, either buy yourself the comics, because that's what, that's what the gift guides are mostly going to be for. Yeah. Uh, or, or, you know, help, help spread the love. Uh, make sure that if you're getting comics for people, though, they're comics that they're not going to want. They're just not comics that you like. That's yeah. my lesson for the day. All right. Book of the month. Book of the month. Cool. So, Connor, you had the last book of the month for the, for the year, for 2012? I did. And uh, what, what is it? Scene of the Crime, the deluxe hardcover, published by Image Comics from Ed Brubaker, Michael Lark, and Sean Phillips. And you, you had to go to the Wayback Machine for this one because uh, this is one of Ed Brubaker's earliest major works. Probably his first major work, actually. It's the first one he did longer than a, than a one-shot issue. Uh, it was a four-issue miniseries published by Vertigo in 1999 that I guess they got the rights back because now Image It was creator-owned, yeah. I mean, I guess so, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Image- Vertigo does creator-owned? Uh, in 1999, they did. Oh, I yeah. see. I yeah. see. Uh, so this, it's funny because I thought about this as I was reading the collection in that uh, this was the year we were thinking about doing iFanboy or something like it. We were t- you know, talking to each other about comics, and it was really the year my – Horizons expanded. That was the year I, I moved. Was, was that a year awakening? I, I I tried new things, things you don't talk about now. Um, <laughs> it was a, it was a, it was a, a misty night at the truck stop. Listen, <laughs> you try things once, you decide you don't like it, you don't have to do it again. So it's like karaoke I and other things. That, that email should go to Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so uh, that was, this was the, the first year that Ro- Josh went to Comic Con was ninety nine, and he came back and told us, you know, you try out, gave us all these books to try. He found, and we went a year later together for the first time in two thousand, and that was the year I picked up a collection called Scene of the Crime from Vertigo. It's a little tiny collection, four issues, and I also picked up uh, Brubaker's uh, Complete Low Life collection. That was the first year I said, oh, I like this Brubaker guy in Batman. What else does he do? And I did have a bunch of creators, and that's where I really just sort of moved on to other kind of books. And Scene of the Crime. Is a great little crime story, and too bad because it was meant to be the first arc of a, not a series, but a series of miniseries with these characters seen in the crime stories, and they never ended up happening. Uh, but uh, this is 
early, early Brubaker, but still showing how good of a comic writer he is. He, he talks about in the uh, backup section how he would have totally cut out half the dialogue and half the the, the, the narration as a, as a seasoned veteran. He sees that now. But at the time, it doesn't really feel overwritten because P.I. stories, which is what this is, are heavy on narration, heavy on introspection. So it's the story of uh, Jim Harrigan, I believe this is his last name, uh, at Jack Harriman, and he is a young P.I. in San Francisco, and he's not your typical uh, Sam Spade type. He's a sort of a slacker. He wears sweaters and jeans, and he, uh, he, he solves crimes out of the, roof, the, the office above his uncle's uh, photo gallery, and he uh, gets involved in a case because a blonde comes in the office and says, I need you to find someone, and he, he, he goes on the case and gets caught up in drugs and money and horrible crimes that are uncovered and weird new age hippie communes and all kinds of things going on and it was a great little crime story featuring art by someone you may have heard of named michael lark featuring inks by someone you may have heard of named sean phillips working together very early on in all three of their careers uh creating a partnership that would last through books like gotham central and through criminal and through fatal and through uh you know lots through sleeper other books like that so this is the, so the genesis of that creative uh, par- 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 partnership between the three of these guys uh, and it happened to see the crime. And so if you're, a co- if you're a crime guy, if you're a, you know, uh, if you're a fan of Brubaker or any of these guys, it's, so if it's you're a criminal fan, this is like, like the, for, the, for the those, for those, of criminal. Yeah. For those, put, for those putting together the criminal library kind of thing, especially if you've got those hardcovers, the collections, stuff like that. Um, this is a must have, this is almost like a must prologue to yeah. it. Um, and I got to admit, uh, Sean Phillips did the book design for it. Yeah. This is one of the prettiest books I've seen all year. Yeah, the, I mean it's beautiful. The Printed design. on the cover, no yeah. no uh, dust jacket. Great little photograph in the middle. In the so, I know exactly where that is in San Francisco. Well, you must love this book because it's so. San it's Francisco. very San Francisco. Yeah. Well, Brubaker lived there at the time, yeah. so it picks up on it. But yeah, it's just it's you, one of the things I talked about in the review is that the the time and place is very strong in this book. You really get a sense of the neighborhoods and yep. the and the area and yep. And it's it's a snappy little crime. It's a four issue. It, you know, you get to, you get right into the crime. It unfolds rather rapidly. There's a bunch of different tentacles that that come out of this crime, and they all come together at the end. And it's it's you know it's it's dirty and it's 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 good. I mean, if this is a this is a criminal fans. Book they need to read, and this is and, and this collection they like it's not like they just reprinted. I mean, it's a little larger. It's a, no, it's little, a little oversized. No, it's oversized. Big yeah, time. yeah, and it's um and it's got tons of back matter. It's but. got well, first it's got the four issue miniseries. It's got the one shot that they did to uh, lead into the series. They did a one shot in one of those Vertigo anthologies, which was also a pretty har- harrowing, but also great little one shot story. And then there's a back matter where Brubaker goes through the pitch process and how the story evolved and how the series evolved and why it didn't work and things he would have done differently. And then there's some art pages that the, you can the see. art pages are great because they're Michael they're Michael Lark's pencils and then side by side with then Sean Phillips inks over them. Yeah, and you get a real sense of what Lark did, what, what Phillips brought to the project, and just really interesting to see the that collaboration of Sean Phillips inking over Michael Lark. And you can see he's made it a lot rougher. There's a lot yeah. more rougher ink lines, and that's something he talks about in the back better that he wanted that Michael Lark wanted on his work, which. Yeah. I think Lark inked the first issue, and then Phillips did the, the yeah. following three. But uh, it's a great story. It's a it, it, you know it's it's dirty and it's dark and it's 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 not for that the faint is, of heart, but it's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hell of an art team. Yeah, it to is. Have for your sort of first project. Well, and the thing was that they weren't established yet, though no. either. I, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean it's it's early on. You could tell this is not the Michael Lark we know now. Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah. I get that. Yeah, um, so. but still, yeah. And it's also he talks about. It. I mean, he done he had been publishing self published stuff and, and also some Vertigo shorts for for a while for almost ten years. Mm. 
but this was the first thing he did more than 64 pages. He said, he, as a, I think the quote was, I was shitting myself when I realized what I had to do. Like, <laughs> you know, it was, it was really their first, this is really Brubaker's first major comics work. And like mainstream just, comics kind or of. Yeah, but yeah, anything monthly. major at all. It's yeah, anything, yeah. a major story that he had to do yeah. and plot. Yeah, and you can see from the skill in it that he clearly is very yeah. talented. Well, like Low Life, he wrote and drew. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was yeah, a It's a very book. different kind of thing. Though. Yeah, exactly. It's very yeah. personal. Yeah. And there's it's a, sort of easy to do. Yeah. I don't want to say I, well, parts of it were autobio. It was just you know life of this dude. This is a whole. These are other people, other time, other thing. This is there's an intro by Bendis who talks about the fact that they, they Bendis and Brubaker and Rucka and Ezra all came up at the same time doing crime books, and he said this book came out, and they all just went, oh fuck. <laughs> That's awesome. That was the, that was the time that uh, Eric Clapton and Pete Townsend went to see that movie with Jimi Hendrix in it. <laughs> so, like, oh, what the fuck are we gonna do now? So, if you're a criminal fan, or if, if you're a Brubaker fan, or you know, you owe it to yourself to check it out. As, as Ron said, if you buy those criminal hardcovers, or just buy Criminal yeah. General, this is you need to have it. Precursor, yeah. it's the birth of Criminal, basically. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> yep. So cool. We'll go to ifanboy.com to read Connor's um, review, written review. If you need to get more scene of the crime, um, and it's good stuff. Um, On to the email. Uh, we got an email from Johnny H. who says, I noticed through your podcast that you guys put your favorite or most anticipated comic on the top of your stack. I, for one, saved my favorite comics last, so I have something to look forward to if all the prior comics disappoint. I know it's all preference, but there's a reason you guys enjoy doing this. And this is another classic case of iFanboy where if one of us do it, everyone assumes we all do it. Yeah. Or this, is my, this is my podcast pet peeve. Yeah, exactly. Because it's the, the, it's when people go, you guys, I'm like, one guy said that. The reality is that I believe I'm the only one who reads my books in this manner. Yeah, we yes. all do it differently. Yeah. yeah. So I read the way I read my books is, and you got to understand, come Wednesday, we have to read our stack all, like, if you have the pick of the week, like this Wednesday, I had to read 20 books on Wednesday yeah. to find my pick and write the review. Yeah. Um, and I found that my attention wanes longer I go on. Not my attention wanes, but I, I get tired. I'm older. You know, you know, I got to get to the early bird dinner at 530 at the IHOP. Um, no, but I just found that I'm sharpest and I'm most um, critical early on in my reading. So I'll read the ones I'm most anticipated for first and then the ones that I'm least interested in last. See, I'm the opposite because if I waited to the end to read the ones I was least interested in, I would not get to them. Well, I'm disciplined. No, I would I'd read not. them, but I would just be like, oh, I get the ones that I'm not as excited about out of the way. Right. Like an appetizer before you get to the main course, which is like the a, one that and a mousse bouche. Yeah. Almost. yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, but I'm not hard and fast the about best it. French accent you've ever done. <laughs> but also, but I also break it up. And yeah. I, I read the universes together. Oh, really? I didn't know that's yeah, new. That's so I, stacks together. I read Marvels all together first. I didn't know I this. Stayed, I stay in the universes. I stay. I'm I in like, Marvel now, and then I go to DC, and then I go. To, I actually start with the non Marvel DC books. Yeah. Then I go to the Marvel universe, and then I go to the DC universe. I mi- I purposely mix them up. I'm yeah. like, oh, I have a little Marvel, I have a little DC, I have a little Image. I'll just I'll. I'll, I'll I stay in yeah. those worlds. I've, wow. I've gotten I've gotten very random. This isn't going to surprise either of you. I'm guessing. Like, yeah. I just I, I I've started to just pick them up. In whatever order, and some of them I have digitally, and some of them I have you know yeah. copies of, and so that will make you know like I'll be sitting there and well like, I'll just read all the digital ones I have because I'm here. Well, the, uh, the, 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 the wild card is if there's a book everyone's talking about on Twitter or something, I, I read that first just so I don't get spoiled. Yeah, yeah well, so that, that, that I've been doing that more lately. For a little while, I was reading uh, Ultimate Comics Ultimates first, just because I thought that President Captain America was really funny. The, Although, the latest issue they call it President Cap a lot. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. So we read everything different. I mean, it was funny because we were talking on Twitter last week, um, where I realized that when it comes to television, I watch the thing I'm mo- on a night of TV, like such as Sunday night, yeah. where I've got The Good Wife, Walking Dead, and Boardwalk Empire. At least I had until this past week. I I save Boardwalk Empire for last. 
See, I can't do that because of external forces. Because you, if you mean I a, really sleep, wanna, a sleepy wife? Yes. <laughs> and if I, if, like, if I want to really, like, the thing I really want to watch is Boardwalk Empire, I need to get that started early as soon as possible. Yeah. Well, we all make choices. Whereas John. I have to write the fucking recap, so I have to watch Walking Dead <laughs> first. And then I well, get to gotta, Boardwalk till the next day. You got to reprieve until February. So. It's true. So, um, should I, so I should watch the third Walking Dead season? Yes. Yeah, it's really Absolutely. good. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It might be the best of yet. Yeah, no, it is the best season. Yeah. 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 But, we, but should no, a, I, we should do a season thing. We might. All yeah. things being equal, I usually watch the first show I'm most excited for first. Right. But Interesting. Now, this is the kind of thing we could talk about this for a while. But it's also yeah. more... It's, it's, <laughs> it's, I can tell we're all like... Oh, shit, what's it's also more of a passive activity, so yeah. I don't have to put much, as much energy into watching a show I'm not as excited for as I do have them to read it. Yeah. So I can watch the show I'm at least excited yeah. about later. Yeah. I just want that sharpness. I want that mental acuity. And by the time I get to the, through twenty five books, I'm like I'm dull as you know. Like I that. like when you get to one near the end though, and you've you've kind of lost interest, and then that one pulls you. you back. Well, yeah, I like I really yeah, like I do like the surprise. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe I'll try it. Maybe I'll, maybe for fun I'll try it a different way. I don't know if I will. You know how uncomfortable I get. <laughs> so. This is the, this is different. Yeah, this is I don't like it. Um, all right. Well, if you have any questions about how we uh, live our lives, you can email us at <laughs> contact.fanboy.com or you can call the voicemail line at 188-FANBOYS. It's 188-326-2697. We skipped the voicemails this week in lieu of the book of the month, but we'll get back to them next week. Um, if this podcast was not enough for your listening pleasure, you can go to ifanboy.com every couple of Mondays and get an iFanboy Don't Miss podcast. Um, it's a podcast where we talk to creators about books that are coming out. Um, you can subscribe to that on iTunes or find it at ifanboy.com. You can all, I was drinking water. You can also listen to uh, the Make Comics podcast, uh, which is about making comics. It's me and Andy Schmidt. We'll take a topic uh, and, and discuss that for a little while, 10, 15 minutes, something like that. A little, little, little comics craft and industry stuff to, to help those of you out who would be interested in such a thing. So that's, uh, that's usually well, – I was going to say usually on Wednesdays. but sometimes Or Fridays. It's, it's Wednesday or Friday. It's almost never Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> Right, we are a week into December, and I want to remind everybody about the holiday schedule. On December 30th, when there would normally be a Pick Week podcast, there will be the All Media Roundup, where we talk about movies and TV shows and music and stuff we like to watch during the year. We talk about that in lieu of the comics show. There will be no comics that week anyway, so uh, that's why we're, you know it works out perfectly for us yeah. then. And like Josh mentioned, we had all those holiday gift guides, so if you need your suggestions, go look at those. That was the beginning of our kind of December yep. coverage. And you can look forward to our best of the year list, which will be coming out uh, the week after Christmas through the end of the year. Which I've already been devising. Yes. So that, that's, we've got a lot coming at you uh, in December. I realized I did a Mr. Burns finger like I've been devising. I realized the only person I could see that was Connor. And it was so, weird. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, check out fanboy.com. You can find the gift guides. You can find <sighs> my Pick of the Week review. Yes, Josh, we know. Uh, you can find my book of the month review for one for one last week. It's all about no, it's not about me. It's about you and me, Ron, yeah, together as buddies. It is, yeah. 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 Um, Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find all the great discussion. Go to ifanboy.com slash about for our staff page. You can find our social network links to be our friends online. You can follow everything at twitter.com slash ifanboy and facebook.com slash ifanboy. Follow along. Don't miss a thing. And you can always stay in touch with us. Email us at contact.ifanboy or, like we said earlier, leave a voicemail at 1-888-FANBOYS. It's 1-888-326-2697. Any questions about what we like to do with ourselves, um, that's fine. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I'm adding the comics with Whoa. the comics. With the comics. Oh. So. Oh. If you like uh, this, sh- well, previous shows, <laughs> Did you, this shit? <laughs> uh, you can write a review on iTunes, uh, or better yet, uh, may- help spread the word. Uh, post it, uh, post it on your Facebook page and like it. 
Yeah. Get other people to like it. Get the links around there. You are a marketing arm, our street team, and we depend on you. And we thank you very much for that. Um, tell everybody about uh, who you think would be interested that w- wouldn't otherwise. Um, yeah, so thanks for that. And that's all that we have for the show. Cool. Now, sirs. I fanboy now. All right, so oh, just- man, we should start over from number one. Oh, yeah, who good. is the next book of the month? Josh. Ooh. Leads us off in January. Start, start cramming now, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. Oh, what am I gonna do?